From GiveGo, this is Perspectives, a show featuring individuals who are the ultimate achievers and are best in class in what they do. We'll hone in on their highest of highs and their lowest of lows. We'll learn who helped them get to where they are today, all while hearing their perspective on how you, too, can be your best. I'm Willie Ford, and on the show today, we have Mackenzie Mack. Mackenzie's introduction to golf was unique. It all started from an ad in the newspaper. Today, we'll be talking with Mackenzie on how that ad was the beginning of what became an incredible career in the game of golf, both as an athlete and now as an executive. So we like to start and talk about, you know, the upbringing, your, you know, where you grew up and how golf came into your life in the first place. So um, tell me a little bit about your life as a child and when golf came into your everyday routine. Growing up, um, my mom put me and my sister in every sport. So I've played um, tennis, I've played golf, I've played basketball, soccer, softball, everything you can think of. Um, And I just, once I picked up golf, I just was better at that than everything else. So. You know, I just wasn't that tall for basketball and I was super slow for track and it just wasn't going great. (laughs) So um, luckily my mom put me in golf and we started taking lessons as a family. So me, my mom and my sister. So at the beginning, it was just a regular sport in the rotation of things. Um, And then when I finally um, played my first tournament and I placed and got a, a trophy, I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. <laughs> like, I didn't have to sit on the bench. I didn't have to wait my turn. Like, I'm in the whole time, and, you know, I might be good at this. So um, after that first event, which happened to be the first time I ever played, like, on a golf course, because we always took lessons and just hit balls, um, it really just put the whole game together and made it more fun for me. So at that point, I just continued playing and, and, and the rest is history. And, and how old were you when your mom introduced you to golf? We were, I was seven. You were seven. And how old, seven. Your, how old was your sister? She was about five. So she's okay. about two years younger than me. Great. And your mom must have been a golfer if she was creating this to be a family sport no she's not a golfer she's still not a golfer (laughs) but she is the ultimate golf mom actually me and my sister are the only people in our family that actually like really play golf um some of the members have like picked it up because we play it but we've been the only ones that play it interesting and what made your mom want to make golf be that family activity Um, When she found out that there were scholarships for golf, I think that's what switched her, that made her a winner, a believer um, at that point. And so she was a single mom and she wanted to make sure that her two daughters got to college. Um, And we both, me and my sister went to division one colleges and played golf for both. So her dream came true and um, neither one of us had to pay for school. Wow. Uh, congratulations on that. Thanks. <laughs> when your mom introduced you to golf, 
do you think that her intent was to have you and your sister get NCAA scholarships or was that a path that was chosen once you and your sister started enjoying it? I think that was her plan from the beginning. I, re- I think that was her plan from the beginning. And I've asked her, I was like, mom, do you think we'd be here? She's like, yeah, I really, like, I really put you in for scholarships. And I was looking for areas of sport where you could, you could get a scholarship. So I think a hundred percent, that was her, her, her strategy. And where, uh, where did you and your sister and mom grow up? Um, Las Vegas, Nevada. So I grew up in Las Vegas. Great. Um, and then you moved east eventually, right? Yeah, so I, well, I went to school at Indiana State, so uh, moved there, stayed there, um, played four years, and then um, got my master's degree, so I stayed an additional two years, and then after that, I moved to Tampa, Florida um, to actually play some professional golf, so I moved there, played the mini tours, had some symmetry tour status, did that for about three seasons, three full seasons, um, and then while I was there, I um, was teaching at the first tee of Tampa part-time, just trying to make ends meet while I was playing and um, ended up loving it and loving all the kids. And then a position opened up to be the director and, and I applied for it and got it. So um, that's where my playing career went to teaching. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So you were a professional golfer in Florida. Yes. And you said you were teaching on the side to make enough money to be able to do that. Correct. Is that a common problem in, in women's professional golf where pro athletes have a couple side hustles so they can make ends meet? Yes, unless you came from a rich family that can support the dream. Um, it's really tough um, on the female side, even on the mini tour side, like the purses are very small. So even if you're winning, you're still struggling. Um, so it, it's, it's a tough road and it's an expensive road. So yes, um, I saw a lot of girls that were working or um, had help for sure. Wow. So if we rewind a little bit and you're that young seven-year-old with your sister and mom and she uh, introduces you to golf for the first time, you start to progress, you go to your first tournament what was the support system around you to be able to continue to go to tournaments and travel and continue to progress so that you could become uh, NCAA Division One athlete and then a professional golfer? So the support I had was my mom and my sister. So it was it was nice to have a sibling or you know that was also playing. So I knew at least I had one partner with me. Um, but I also I actually grew up in the first tee of Southern Nevada, and um, the in conjunction with Valley View Golf down in Las Vegas. So they were my family and they were my golf family and they helped push me, um, took me to tournaments, um, made sure I had everything that I needed. Um, so that was my golf family that kind of pushed, kept me going. And, and for the listeners that, that don't necessarily know what first tee is, do you mind giving that a short little explanation? Sure. So the first T is a national organization whose purpose is to impact the lives of youth through the game of golf. So they teach golf, but that is not the number one goal. Their number one goal is not to make the next tiger. Um, It is to make good people and lifelong golfers. So everything that they do incorporates their nine core values, which include respect, confidence, courtesy, 
um, responsibility, sportsmanship, uh, perseverance, honesty, integrity, all of those are integrated into every class that they do. And it's a great program to introduce kids and keep kids in the game and be able to meet other kids that play golf. Um, not only do they instill life skills, but they help support the parents in that journey because golf can be an expensive sport. So it opens doors to playing golf at facilities. Um, I was able to play for a dollar and I know that's a lot, that's um, true for a lot of first tees around the country. And they help provide equipment for the juniors as well. So overall, it's just a great program to get youth in the game without having any barriers. What was First Tee's involvement with you as you went from that seven-year-old who swung the golf club for the first time up until talking to coaches, negotiating uh, a full run? It, they were there the whole way. <laughs> um, so I met with them. Um, we met formally as a group twice a week. Um, and But my program director, I talked to him just the other day um, about um, Callaway and about my new journeys and stuff like that. So they, they were there the whole step of the way. Um, like I said, they took me to tournaments, helped me with equipment, helped me um, decide whether I should get my MBA first or go um, do my PGA certification first. So I, they're still my family now. Whenever I go back to Vegas, I go and um, volunteer and, and help out whenever I can. So they're still a part of my life or she's still <laughs> part of me. Great. And if it wasn't for First Tee, do you think you would have been able to get through and, and, and get that full ride or what points would have been stressful along the way for you and your family? I think First Tee was helpful, um, just opening doors to play at different um, venues. Um, I, had, I had a swing coach my whole playing career. So that is important as well. Um, having a trained professional to help guide you in the right direction that has done it before. Um, so I had a professional my whole, my whole time playing, which helped. And then um, it was my mom asking a lot of questions. So she, we didn't, she's not a golfer. We didn't know how to get scholarships. She just did a lot of asking and um, trial and error, because we, we messed up along the way too and had to go back and fix it. Um, and that's part of the reason why my family, we, um, our mission is to um, educate and just inform people one of the opportunities and how to, how to take advantage of those opportunities, because we didn't know. And we just kind of happened upon how to do it as we went along. Yeah, that brings up, um something that I want to kind of uh, peel and talk to you about is, you know, there must be thousands of kids that didn't have a mom that figured out that there was this first tee program. And for those kids, you know, you must sometimes reflect on that and say, you know, where would I be if my mom didn't stumble upon this golf scholarship opportunity? Absolutely. And do you remember any moments throughout your life or career i can imagine that when you know indiana state university tells you it's a free ride your mom must have probably had a pretty big smile and maybe even a little tear in her eye 
<laughs> she did she did um she and i didn't even like being from vegas when they showed interest from at the beginning i was like where are you located like where do you want me to go <laughs> and oh uh, <laughs> and my mom was like sign the paper right now she's like she's going <laughs> so um so yeah we i had a lot of those moments you know and i look back now and just look at my journey and i'm like what if that had not happened right had i not met that one person that opened that one door and so um that's why it's it was always important to me to to do that for others right to just spread the information as much as possible um so that people at least know and that was was always my goal um at the first team when i was working with juniors a lot is just making sure i'm in the schools i'm at those community centers where they probably wouldn't know that we exist so that at least they had the opportunity, whether they liked it and, and pursued it or not, they couldn't say they never played at golf, right? They've never seen it. And that was always my goal is exposure. Yeah. And, and we're talking a lot about, you know, this, the seven-year-old swinging the club for the first time with the five-year-old sister. And then all of a sudden there's a scholarship on the table. You know, that's not how it necessarily goes. There's a lot of effort and ups and downs along the way. Are there any particular memories you have where you were questioning yourself saying, is golf for me or am I going to be able to pull this off? Or were you always pretty level-headed? Like what, what was the journey from seven to scholarship like? From seven to like 13, it was fun, right? <laughs> like um, we got to travel during the summer, um, got to play with some of the older girls and really just enjoy the game. I think when you get to high school and realize, okay, now I'm playing for some, you know, I'm playing for a little bit more, right? I'm playing for a scholarship. It gets a little bit more intense. So around um, junior year, cause that's kind of where you start negotiating and talking and people are watching you is that junior summer. Um, around junior year, um, now I'm starting to see coaches follow me at these events, right? And I see them and I see them writing on their clipboard that I'm like I told my mom I was like when I when I finish college I'm going to be a college coach so I can have my grocery list on my clipboard and just make people nervous because I was so nervous <laughs> seeing them like I don't know what they might have had their grocery list on there but I was just so nervous um having them watch me so I think around that time I was it, it was very stressful because I was like if I don't get a scholarship like was all this time wasted? Um, you know, did I let my mom down? So it was very, that was a very stressful time. And knowing that the scholarship is so close, it's so far in a lot of these situations, what was your mom's demeanor? My mom was pretty calm. She, um, I don't know if she knew something I didn't know, but she was just, she stayed true to, to the plan, you know? So she just kept entering me in tournaments kept having me practice, um, kept, we kept writing coaches. She just, she just stayed true to the plan. And that's how she kept me focused. I think that's how she kept the family focused. It was never, she never focused on what was coming in or wasn't coming in. It just was like, okay, this is the plan we set and we're just gonna finish the plan and wherever the, it falls, that's where it falls. And was college this dream uh, from your mom? Did she go to university or college or was she um, just hoping that her two daughters would have the chance to do that? 
Yeah, she actually has her doctorate in education. So she's an educator, which is probably even worse. So it's even more important to her. <laughs> um, she was actually my elementary school principal. So, um, so I went to her school where she was a principal at when I was in elementary school. And so, yes, it, it, it was, she was actually the first in our family to go to college. So it, it is, it's after she kind of opened the doors for our family, it, it kind of trickled down. So everybody since her has been to college and gotten doctor degrees. My sister's a lawyer. Um, my aunt has a doctorate. So she's kind of the trailblazer in our family. And so it was important for her that we went to school. Going to school was, was not an option. Like that was going to happen. Reflect back a little bit on your relationship with your sister. When, when we talked a few weeks ago, uh, you seemed to get a little uh, positive energy in your voice when you had a moment to talk about your sister. She, She's my biggest competitor, but my biggest friend and cheerleader so growing up we were very competitive um, we had family matches trying to beat each other and um and so since we're so close in age um it, it was just super competitive and we pushed each other and we still push each other to today and um she's just my best friend and and she makes me better and i hopefully make her better as well <laughs> Um, but golfing, it was, it was just competitive. And we we're on the same golf team in high school for a few years. So trying to play for that number one spot. I remember an article, they um, featured us in the local paper. And her quote was, I always re root for her to be second. I was like, dang, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's funny. So no, but she's, we support each other and, and help each other. And it was great to have her around um to understand the journey with me and my belief which is a lot of the reason why we started give go is that sports in particular you learn a lot about that game and it you have fun doing it but we truly believe that the ripple effect and the greater opportunity that sports bring and the consequences of healthy competition are some of the uh, most positive elements of life in one way or another. And, and something a young kid learns on a football field or you learn at nine on a driving range are lessons that correlate to life uh, in so many other ways. And coaching is expensive, resources are hard to come by. So we believe at GiveGo that we'll be able to um, give as many coaching sessions as we charge for. And we hope to be able to help uh, kids that don't necessarily have res uh, resources to high quality coaching, one for technical feedback, but also for mentorship and inspiration. What would you say are the three top lessons that golf, sports, that journey have uh, taught you that have kind of corresponded and, and trickled into other elements of your life? Um, one, I would say, um, perseverance, um, and playing the sports, you can't give up and you, until, until it's accomplished, right? You just keep going until your goal is accomplished or until the game ends or to the round ends. So perseverance, number one, how to lose. Um, I think that's a big life lesson. You know, everybody loves to win and wants to win, but 
how how can how do you lose how do you um bounce back from a from a loss um so it's taught me that and goal setting um how to set a goal and work towards it and accomplish it so definitely goal setting so to to wrap up here your story is uh really inspirational and your mom is lucky to have heard of that heard of that scholarship and got you and your sister into golf if your mom didn't learn of that scholarship what do you think your path would have been i have no idea um <laughs> i i've always done well in school so um and i majored in business so probably somewhere in business of some sort some corporation um but I have, I really don't know because it's been so much a part of me. Um, I, I don't know what it would look like. And I, I asked her that, I'm like, what do you think it would look like? <laughs> She's yeah. like, oh, I knew it was going to be this. I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> yeah. I, so I have if, no idea. If you're walking down the street and you meet a little seven-year-old Mackenzie Mack and, and she tells you that someday she wants to be a professional golfer her family doesn't have a clue how to make that happen. Maybe doesn't have the resources. What would you tell them to do? What advice would, what advice would you give the seven-year-old? I would first tell them to look up the first tee or a local organization um, to get them in that. If I'm, if I'm near them, um, I have no problem giving lessons and helping out one-on-one. Um, -on -one. I do that now. Um, so I, if they would be willing, I'd be willing to guide them. And we're big on, my family's big on that. And my mom would jump in and she, she since she's an educator and loves kids as well, it would, it would be a family help, you know? So we're, I'm always more than welcome to help anybody with their journey, whether that's writing letters to coaches. I've, I've done plenty of that. <laughs> um, teach lessons, um, connect them with other people, um, equipment. Anything that I can do, I will do. So okay. I would help her firsthand. So uh, you're one of few that were accepted into the Callaway Leadership Program that you're in now. Mm -hmm. um, so when you were seven, your goal became scholarship to NCAA, then professional golfer. What do you have your eyes on now? Running a company, running a golf company. Um, uh, my goal has always been to do something that changes the industry. So now that I, my eyes have been open to a whole nother world um, of golf, I think now I just want to be somewhere where I can influence the game in a positive direction and make change so that more people can get into the game. So whatever that role looks like, it may not have been invented yet, and I'll have to create it. Um, but just continue to, to make waves in the industry. Yeah, you said that you want to run a golf company and change the industry. What change would you like to see now in the short term, but also what do you want the golf industry to be um, as you retire someday? Like what, what monumental change do you want to make over time? I want the industry to be more inclusive of everyone. Right, I wanna see more diversity in at the golf course, in the workplace. Um, 
across the board. And I want us to kind of um, fre freshen things up a bit, right? I feel like it doesn't have to be so stiff. Like golf is fun. When you're out there, you have fun. So I want to see a more um, energetic, more exciting, more fun um, presentation of the game. Yeah, you, it sounds to me that you've probably had some moments on the golf course with your sister that were really fun, lots of laughter, lightheartedness. Uh, and if you could replicate that type of feeling industry-wide, I'm sure that it would uh, move the industry in the right direction. Absolutely. I think it has to be fun. We all have fun on the golf course. Um, it doesn't have to be uptight. And I think taking more from when you see kids that first start at the golf course, they're like having a blast. And so if we can bottle that up and, and filter that throughout the industry, I think it'll be more inviting to others. I think it'll be more fun to the ones that are currently doing it. And it'll just make golf a more regular game, right? More common. Yeah. Well, Mackenzie, uh, like always, it's uh, incredible to talk to you. You've accomplished so much. Um, thanks for your time. Mm -hmm. uh, we're always humbled and uh, totally uh, admire the fact that you're one of our experts on GiveGo and that your vision for the industry, for golf, for kids is uh, so in line with ours. Good, no, thank you for thinking of me and having me. I'm glad that we've been able to connect and, and work together and um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of golf. It's gonna be good. There's a lot of people with the same energy I have. So I'm excited. Up next is Toby Miller. At just the young age of 13, Toby won the National Snowboard Championships. At that point, he set his eyes on the 2018 Olympics. In 2018, Toby went to the Olympics, but he didn't compete. With Beijing right around the corner, tune in to learn how Toby is preparing himself to be ready for these Olympic Games.